What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Pace the Nation, broadcasting here in Clarendon, Virginia, from Studio 1A. I'm your host, Chris Farley. Back again, episode 47. Alongside me, as always, to my right is Joanna E. Russo. Joanna, what's up? Man, my bracket's totally destroyed. Your bracket's busted already? I We're just to the sweet 16. Yeah, I didn't actually make a bracket. But everyone's been saying that lately, so like, I want to I wanna be you part wanna of be it. You want to be cool. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I'm glad that your brackets, your non-existent bra- bracket's doing okay. We'll also welcome in my uh, our other co-host here, William E. Docs. How you, how's your brackets doing, Docs? Um, I got ripped off by the referees. <laughs> oh, but <laughs> if everybody's bracket is busted, doesn't that mean that everybody's still in it? That's 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 a good point. That's mm-hmm. true. I haven't I haven't thought of it that way. Like who whose bracket could possibly be still in it? Well, Joanna just said that everybody's been saying that their brackets mm-hmm. are busted. So, have you heard anybody say that their brackets not busted? Um, maybe not... those are the ones who are still in it. Yeah, and they're keeping their mouths shut. I guess no. I haven't heard that. If you were if you were winning your NCAA pool, I imagine you'd be as annoying as people who are winning <laughs> their fantasy football league, right? Uh, about it, so and, I, yeah. I, I imagine that we would hear about it. And since we only hear about busted brackets, well, yeah. somebody has to win, though, right? Like somebody has to have a. It's, a it's usually bracket. the person who knows the least about basketball. So yeah. I would think that your bracket would right. be doing great. You should have done one. Well, the only year I did do one, I did pick Oklahoma, and they won. So wow. Well, they could win again. They're still in and, it. And she said she would have picked Virginia to win this year. Ugh. Wow, you should have done one. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll get into... Uh, I, I got a story. I, I teased it on the... Uh, the Last uh, tweets, episode? The tweets episode, I mm-hmm. believe, about Virginia. And they have made the Sweet 16, which I am over the moon thrilled about. Mm-hmm. I don't know where that phrase, over the moon, came from. I think but. Neil Armstrong made it up. <laughs> okay. so uh, well, I wanna, Either that or a cow. I'll, 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 we'll get into, I'll get into that. We also have a number of other uh, exciting uh, things to get to on today's program. Uh, we've got a, a healthy in the news section, so I'm excited to get to that. Uh, we had a Pace the Nation guest do some really inspiring things this uh, mm-hmm. past uh, week. Uh, was I, he on a big show? He was on a big show mm-hmm. previously, mm-hmm. Uh, episode 25. So we'll talk about him and other in the news stories. Uh, we got the Clarendon Construction. We are coming down the home stretch of the Clarendon Construction. So we are almost there. I'm excited to uh, give you guys some updates on you that. You guys on the last 100 meters? I'd say maybe the last lap. Oh, okay. Depending the, on, the bell just rang? Yeah, depending on mm-hmm. how, how long the race is. But, yeah, I think mm-hmm. it's the last lap. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the, the training of the host here, specifically docs, how that running's going. I know you just came back from a run. We'll also talk about some roommates that are out running that Joanna has. Maybe it's a, a single, sing, I think, single I think roommate. you just told the story. <laughs> single single roommate. All right. We'll, we'll get into that. She's uh, single? <laughs> no. I, I said it's a... It's like Match.com? No. No. A roommate who is uh, rela- yeah. related to running, I believe. Mm-hmm. And also, guys, we got a great guest. Very excited today to be joined by Jen Miller. She's a freelance journalist. Uh, she's appeared in the New York Times, Self, ESPNW, Runner's World, Running Times, uh, the Philadelphia Inquirer, et cetera, et cetera. And she's got a book, I believe. Is that right, Joanna? Yeah. It's and called Running a Love Story. Running a Love Story. So we're going to talk to her about uh, that book and running and her experiences in uh, New Jersey, et cetera. And she's going to be coming to uh, a couple of the Pacer stores, too, so... Be on the lookout for that as well. So we'll talk to her all about that later on in the program. And I would like to talk to her about how many times you just glossed over her accomplishments by saying etc. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we can talk to her about that too. I disrespected mm-hmm. her other accomplishments. But she won't know that until afterwards. That's true. So we'll get a good interview out of her first. So we'll get into that as well. But first, we'll t- I wanted to, to tell you guys, I teased the story last week about uh, my dog... Virginia, and a New Year's resolution. It sounds like a Johnny Carson bit. <laughs> My dog, Virginia, and a New Year's resolution. Well, they Open all, the envelope. What does the <laughs> Swami say? They all, uh, they all relate in, in this story. And we'll start with my New Year's resol- one of my New Year's resolutions, which was to gamble more. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was in uh, the Atlantis, mm-hmm. uh, I think in December... And I, you know, I took a hundred dollars and I bet on the Virginia Cavaliers to win 
the NCAA tournament for their mm-hmm. bracket to not get busted and to win the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So you know, I got ten to one odds. I should have gotten better odds, but you know what? It's it's so I'll get a eleven hundred dollar, you know, pretty significant money return if the Virginia Cavaliers win the whole thing. So they are one of sixteen teams left. Mm-hmm. Are they likely to win it? Nah, I don't know. But they've got a chance. I'd say they got as good a chance as anybody, including Oklahoma. They've got a better chance than Northern Iowa. Yeah, they. I, I would agree. Mm-hmm. I would definitely agree with got that. Got a better chance in Kentucky at this point. They. I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of teams out there, and Docs is naming teams that are no longer in the tournament. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, so they've got a shot. So I've got a good sweat here as we come down to the last couple weeks of March Madness. Well, you have a shot. At the time of the recording, but at the time of the release, <laughs> they will have point. played once, maybe twice. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. So, if the, yeah, that's a good point. So, they, if they're in the Final Four... People uh, might be confused by this segment. Right. That's a good point. <laughs> so, I'm glad we, we, we... I'm usually the one who's addressing that, but I'm glad you uh-huh. pointed that out. I've been so, reading a lot about time travel. So, uh, so, Virginia has made it to the Sweet 16, and they have a shot to win it all. So I have a shot at the eleven hundred dollars, but I take the ticket, and if anybody has gone to Vegas and they, uh, you know, they they, you you get these tickets that, um, and I'm going to show you guys what I know where this is going. Ticket looks like right now. I definitely do not. I actually thought that this bet was placed in Atlantic City. I didn't know that it was in Vegas. (laughs) Well, it was actually. not in in Vegas because it was not in Atlantic City because there's no actual sports gambling. You can't you can't bet on sports in Atlantic City. Yeah, so uh, it, you actually there is a new sports book in in uh, the Atlantis in the Bahamas. So I come home from the Bahamas. I put my ticket into a drawer uh, at, in the landing table as I come into my house. I think that's a nice safe place for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's there for, you know, a month or two months or so until uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, I come home with a uh, cup of coffee, not a cup of coffee because none of us here drink coffee, but a uh, chai tea. How much of this story is true? Chai yeah. tea. Yeah. No, no, it is true. So a chai tea. I place the chai what, tea. What does our coffee uh, <laughs> drinking preference have to do, have to do with the story? That's a good point. All right. Uh-huh. That, that, and you're that, just showing off. <laughs> That has nothing to do with Actually, it. Actually, so, you're, you're compensating so, for, for the stuff you didn't know in the pre-show meeting. That's good. Good point. Mm-hmm. That's irrelevant that you guys don't drink coffee. But mm-hmm. I, I did come home with the, the chai tea latte, put it on that table right above where the ticket was mm-hmm. in the drawer. Mm-hmm. The dog is excited to see me, comes over, mm-hmm. jumps on me, jumps on the table, knocks the coffee cup over. Right. The, the coffee cup that had Tai Chi in it. <laughs> that had chai tea in it. <laughs> the chai tea spills everywhere, seeps into the drawer, uh-huh. and saturates my gambling ticket that could be worth $1,100. Uh-huh. But now now it looks like it was uh, and let me something. Show it's like a Civil War relic. So let me show you what it, what it looks like here. Generally, these tickets will have... Uh, Virginia. Ooh, that's 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 like basically erased. It will have Virginia. I don't think if you if, know my, uh, you know Virginia ten to one odds. You bet a hundred to win uh, eleven hundred dollars. Is the barcode still active? So as as Joanna's looking at the ticket here, um, there is a barcode and there is a code at the bottom. Yeah. I, is that barcode? Do you think that barcode is well? The, the the number that you can see on there that that means they probably just look up that ticket and that probably the barcode at the bottom. They probably just scan it. The guy's not manually doing it, so I think you're okay. You think but, I'm okay? Okay, but I All think right, I should, like that. But I think you should go get your stomach checked out. Whatever you're drinking erases ink this quickly. <laughs> right, I know that's that it's is gone. True. That is true. It, it, I look. I feel like it was like invisible ink on there. And you can kind of, I mean, you can see, you know, you, you can make out some of the lettering on there, but you really can't see that it says Virginia to win it all. Yeah. So. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think they're looking at that at this point. Well, I book. hope not. I hope not. But I don't want to give them any excuse 
to not yeah. pay me the 1100 when Virginia wins at all. And everybody knows that Caribbean casinos are Exactly. <laughs> so that's my problem. So generally what you can do, and as you can see on the back of the ticket, it says you can mail the ticket in. Well, you must have taken this picture before you uh, stained it. No, the, this, it didn't get stained on the back. As, as badly so you can mail the ticket need in to, need us to look at that but you can see that you can mail the ticket in this mm-hmm. looks fine the back looks fine yeah. exactly so you can see that it is a legitimate ticket you can mail it in but to Dox's point generally you take these tickets you mail it in then they mail you the money but do i take the chance to mail it down to some caribbean sports no. book if or, you win eleven hundred dollars you fly down there and claim the cash and, and collect person. it yourself right? yeah but that really, I mean, listen, uh-huh. I, 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 uh, I don't know how much a ticket would cost to go there, but I, that's going to cut a lot into my profits, <laughs> wouldn't you think? Well, if I, I just go down and back, well, I don't suggest that then you, you, you use that sure, why don't you find somebody locally to take care of this for you? Yeah. I, I thought about that. Yeah. But who do you, who do you know? <laughs> who do you Bahamas? trust? With and, yeah, like, who do you trust in the Bahamas? Hey, if I give you $200 cash, will you, uh, hold on. Right. Will you give me this $1,100 back? All right. No. Tweet us at pace the nation. If you know somebody locally <laughs> no, in if, the Bahamas, if you're going or, yeah, to the Bahamas. or if you're going you to know, the Bahamas, I know somebody who's going to the Bahamas. Okay. There we go. My Wait, brother there. When, when's he going? April. Perfect. That is perfect. So we figured it out before or after he'll be here. Um, he's stopping in DC on his way to the Bahamas. Okay, brother Russo. Perfect. Brother Russo hey. is. This, I, I thought this was going to be a lot harder. Brother Russo, you're hired. Everybody else, put your phones down. We don't need to tweet about the ticket. <laughs> no, forget that. I said that. All right, brother Russo's got the job. Uh, thank you, Michael. Um, we will send you down to the Atlanta sports book. UVA still has to win four no, more games. That's right. That's a good point. And, it's a total and, move. And you know, like uh, people talking about the the sports jinx. Uh, every UVA fan is hating Farley right now <laughs> for talking about like making plans for when Virginia wins their next four games. Right, that's a good point. Yeah, right. Farley actually Farley's actually big on the sports jinx stuff too. I am big on that, mm-hmm. and so you're basically going to edit this segment out when they lose this weekend. Oh, right? this is getting edited before the games. <laughs> yeah. You're stuck. Yeah, what? Um, but I- I'm glad we solved it because uh, that was my concern that. That I think it's going to be a lot harder to turn somebody down if you got them face to face. The barcode looks pretty intact, but I can, <laughs> pretty much pretty much intact. Well, my brother is very persuasive. Yeah, he he's gonna, he's the perfect person. But for Farley, him. what's what's going to be his uh, his uh, courier fee? Yeah, he and I will discuss that off air. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'd like to negotiate on his behalf <laughs> right now. Well, you know, I I think there he deserves you know some sort of percentage. Some some sort of heat for, yeah, for this, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't I don't know if I'm I'm willing to to discuss or or, or uh-huh. negotiate right Just now. Just don't pay him in Miller Lights. He doesn't drink. Yeah, Miller I know Light. he's not. A, I, I would be much better off if I paid him in uh, maple water than Miller Lights. That's for sure. Mm. No, mm. all right. Well, I I thought I had a bigger dilemma. Mm-hmm. It's been solved. Thank you, Michael Russo. Uh, look forward to negotiating <laughs> uh, this this uh, ticket uh, exchange with you. But next, we'll be joined by Jen Miller, author of Running a Love Story. And she's going to join us next here on Pace the Nation. All right, welcome back to the program, and now excited to be joined by author Jen Miller. Her book is, guys, it's Running a Love Story. Jen, how are you? I'm good. How are you? We are great. Thank you so much uh, for for joining us. Your book is Running a Love Story, uh, published this year, about your relationship with running uh, and your relationship with yourself as you search to find love. Is that an accurate description? marketing people say so i'm going to <laughs> you're going to go with, with it them. awesome i'm going to go with it because they they're helping me sell this book now i'm just kidding yeah um yes that's pretty accurate uh i ran my first um 5k 10 years ago as of june mm-hmm. um i had just become a full-time freelance writer i was in a bad relationship and i had started running uh, because a magazine paid me $750 to. <laughs> Big time. Man, so, uh, nice. 
Yeah, big bucks there. Uh, the story never ends. But that's because the editor was fired. So um, <laughs> when people ask me, how much would it cost to get you to run? I'm like, well, $760. Um, and I did it sort of as like a bucket list thing. Because running in 2006 was not as, you know, we hadn't hit that second running boom that right. really sort of took hold in 2008. Um, so I just did it. And I'm like, eh, that was fun. And I, I want to I finish third in my age group, spoiler alert, <laughs> and want a mug and a five dollar gift certificate to a restaurant where the tacos were six dollars each <laughs> um and then uh that bad relationship i was in ended my grandfather died i bought a house and then the recession hit and when you're a full-time freelancer that's bad so then i trained 10 mile race and that's really where the love affair began i have a couple questions many many follow-up questions now uh first of all is okay. there is there any punctuation in the title of your book or is it exactly like farley said it <laughs> running colon a love story yes there you go yeah is it, did, um, I, did i say it wrong docs y- yes okay well all you right. just combined it all as if it was uh, no punctuation okay okay yeah um, second follow-up question mm-hmm. well i was gonna say that 755 dollars and a mug is actually the cost uh to get you running right <laughs> yes and the mug which i still have of course yeah what and what what does the mug say um, it says the name of the race, which uh, no longer exists, sadly enough. I was uh, hoping to run it again, and I, I couldn't find anything for it um, online, so I'm guessing it doesn't exist. It might, if it's a race without a website, though. That's, that would be a, a throwback at this time. Age. Right. Um, but it's, I keep the mug on my bar cart, which has my other running trophies, which are few and far between. Um, but I have a few. I have a few. I have one that's as long as my arm. I won the 5K that was in my town where the race had dozens of runners, literally dozens. Um, I won first place. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice work. That's how good I am. <laughs> now, you know, a lot of our listeners and the hosts here really use running to kind of get our mind right, and I think we can relate to what you're talking about. Uh, how has, you, you know, your, your running relationship kind of changed over, you know, the course of you writing this book or over the course of, the, uh, of your life? Um, well, my understanding of those relationships changed over the course of writing the book, especially since I ended up in therapy again at the end. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> Do you cover that in the book, too? <laughs> no. The, oh, that's the too book bad. ends uh, at the finish line of the 2013 New Jersey Marathon. Okay. Um, and I started writing the book. I got the contract on the book at around Thanksgiving of 2014. Um, and I turned it in May of last year, right after I ran Cherry Blossom, uh, believe it or not. Um, so I started running more. Um, as we are wont to do, I said, oh, a 10-mile race, that's insane. Right. Oh, a half marathon, that's enough. A marathon, I'll do one, and now I'm training for my six. So it's this sort of typical um, pattern, and, and these, you know, grow not, not growing up because I did that, but sort of finding my place as an adult went along with um, the running and some relationships uh, with some people who happen to be runners. Um, I didn't plan that. You know, I didn't think I'd ever write a book about it, but it's, that's just the way it worked out. So what was your history in running before you, you got into this and had this epiphany that you became this big-time runner? Um, I hated it. <laughs> I hated it with the passion of a thousand sons. Yeah. Um, I was a, I played soccer and softball in high school. I was the captain of my high school softball team, and those were sports where running was punishment. Mm-hmm. Um, do something wrong, you do suicide sprints. Do right. something wrong, you have to run a lap around the outfield. Like, Ugh, this sucks. Right. Um, the, we shared a sort of sports complex with the field hockey team, and they would have to run, I think, three miles at once. We're like, what? Right. That's nuts. And we were like, we're just going to play soccer because we're that good. We don't need conditioning. Um, but then I went to college, and I was thinking about maybe playing softball in um, college, but I had a a shoulder injury and I was really tired of sort of going from game to game to game to game to game. Mm -hmm. And it was college, college. I wanted to experience college, so I didn't play any sport. Um, And then I found Southern Cooking because I went to uh, college at the University of Tampa. So I gained a freshman 15 (laughs) and I'd say, well, you know, maybe I'll, I'll go to the gym. And I had never really been to a gym and these contractions scared the crud out of me right um so like okay well i'll just run i have i have sneakers i have you know umbros uh showing how old i am and i'll go run (laughs) umbros are great 
Yeah, I hold on, bros. I love those uh, bros. Unfortunately, I would try to run it about 2 o'clock in the afternoon in Florida. Oh, Bad idea. And I would not get very far. And I'd be like, no, I'm not doing this. This is awful. Um, and then out of college, out of graduate school, I did a fitness boot camp. I'm like, all right, this is nifty. I lost a bunch of weight. And then running seems like the next thing to try because the magazine paid me to do it. So you, the process of writing the book is always a probably crazy process. We had Chris Lear on the on the program a, f- a few weeks ago. Any crazy stories or tough times where you figured, uh, you know what, this is going to happen, or anything that, oh. that that you could share with us where, where, where it was pretty tough going for you writing the book? Well, this is a, I wrote two books before this. They were both travel guides about the southern half of the Jersey Shore. That was something I wrote about a lot as a freelancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and in 2010, I started writing about running um, because I had a, a big injury. And as soon as the doctor told me that my injury was called dead butt syndrome. Never um, heard of I that. I knew I had, yeah, it's gluteus medius tendinosis, but mm-hmm. uh, I knew that I that was a story, and I told that story to New York Times. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was, uh, how, how do you turn down a dead, what the, what? Uh, and, and the well section of the New York Times was relatively new then, and they had started to want to cover running, and there I was with my dead butt, um, raising my hand. So I started writing more about running. I started writing some personal essays for the New York Times um, about my running, and also Runner's World, um, the Philadelphia Inquirer. An editor at a book publisher read my work and said, I have a book idea, and you should be the person to write it. I was like, yay! Um, That ended at a DNF for publishing reasons that I was told is normal, but made me so angry and sad that I just laid at the bottom of my tub and cried for like an hour. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It was... was I mean, it was it was really bad. Was this the um, was this like, the I'm book never, that you just wrote, or was this a different uh, no, 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 a, a this different is a book story? That never happened. This, wow, the DNF yeah, book. Finish. Yeah, yep. Yeah, and, but we never even got to like the starting line. So I guess it's oh, DNF. DNF. Oh, gotcha. I did all the training. Right. I did all the training, <laughs> and I get to the starting line, and they're like, "You're out." And I'm like, "What?" Right. Um, it was it was bad. It was one of those sad publication stories that writers tell you in the corner of a bar sort of thing. Um, and I said, I'm never writing another book. And then I lied. Um, <laughs> I wrote a, I was working on an essay project with another writer where we would write an essay and then swap them and then give feedback every other week. Um, just sort of as a prompt to get us to, to write more um, because I write a lot for a living and essays are harder to sell because they don't want an idea. They want to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, this got me to do that. And I started writing a lot of essays about running. Um, and so I, I locked myself into a hotel room at the Jersey Shore in January and wrote what I called a very, very terrible first draft of what became Running a Love Story. And um, that was January 2014. March of 2014, I published an essay in the New York Times called Running is Therapy um, about how I used running to get over a very bad breakup that is covered extensively in the book. So I don't want to say too much. Sure. Um, and I thought, and the reaction to that was overwhelming. I mean, people who wrote me about how they started running after a breakup, uh, death of a spouse, a divorce, people I knew whose stories I never knew. Um, and I thought, okay, all right, fine. Um, so I put together a two-page pitch letter. I went to a writer's conference for this group I'm part of called the American Society of Journalists and Authors. And I met with uh, about 12 different agents. Um, and after some back and forth and this and that, I got an offer from a couple of them. And then I picked my agent who also happened to be at the race I was running that weekend. Um, just randomly the broad street run in Philadelphia. Yep. And, uh, then that was April. And by November we, uh, we had a contract and, and it was becoming a book and here we are today. So you, you mentioned, um, a couple times sharing personal stories. Is that, that that's gotta be, are you getting really in depth and, and really behind the scenes and, is that is that tough for you to do, or you're putting yourself really out there? Is that that's got to be tough? It is. It is tough, and I and I read my first bad review today. Oh. Um, I, you know, I, I sort of I somebody had asked me how I was going to react. I said I, I don't I don't know until I see it, and I saw it. I went man. Um, so people are strangers are judging you. That's sort of yeah. a given. I mean, I've been writing personal essays since I was 18 years old at the college newspaper. And that never really has stopped. So I'm a little bit used to it, but there's a difference between 600 words of a personal essay and a couple 
tens of thousands of words. The whole book. Um, yeah, and then in, um, I got nervous about it because I was obviously revealing a lot of stuff that most nobody knew. Um, so, you know, you're writing about other people, even though their names are changed and identifying details, you don't know how they're going to react. I don't talk to everybody I wrote about, but I talk to a lot of them. And they and certainly know who they, they know who they are, of course. They they know who they are. Right. Um, some of, it's, it's been the people I know who's the hardest about all this, not strangers. Some, somebody wants to bash me on Amazon, who I don't know who I'll ever meet, that's their prerogative. <laughs> But, you know, when your mom reads it and calls you to talk about it, that's a little bit different. That's a little awkward. Was, it's it's a little awkward. Um, an excerpt ran in the New York Times uh, about three weeks before the book was published. So that was sort of, you know, people have been asking what it was really about, how deep it really went. And they're like, oh, oh, you went there. You went okay. deep. <laughs> and went deep. You know, my, my one brother um, live-tweeted reading it, which was pretty funny. Um, my other brother's wife read it to him like this, just like that kind of stuff. So it's, you know, the book has only technically been out for three days. So, you know, we'll see. But that's got to be part of, I mean, that's got to be a part of, uh, of the appeal is you're totally putting yourself out there. Well, that's it. Like when you, when you, I believe at least when you sign up to write a memoir, that's it. Like that's the agreement that you're going to write about this. Mm -hmm. Um, there's, there's been, you know, a lot of celebrity memoirs. That's not a new trend, but there's one in particular, and I won't name the person, who um, has been through a divorce, and she said, well, I can't write about it because it's, no, I'm just not writing about it. But no, that's not the deal. Right. You know, if you're going to write, I'm, I wrote a book about love and running. I can't leave the love out and the lack thereof. Um, so I didn't quite think about that when I pitched the book. I mean, it was in the back of my mind, but it was only... The last time I read it before it went to publication, I just went, oh, okay. So then I had to sit down to certain people and talk to them about it, um, just so they weren't surprised. And, it's, it's, and then it was fine. It's too bad that it sucks that you have two brothers. I think it would be a lot easier if it was two sisters, right? I have a sister. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, the sister, I think it's um, easier to, 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 to pour your heart out to her than the two brothers who are reading it thinking, oh, no. I have a pretty good relationship with all my siblings to the point that we all went to Disney in January together with their spouses and their children and my divorced parents and my grandparents. Mm -hmm. Um, So there was a lot of conversation on that trip around screaming children and Mickey uh, about, about what it was about. Um, And then I let them read it themselves and and I didn't really want follow up questions. So (laughs) So don't at me, man, (laughs) read it and don't at me. Well, um, I I think they were at my book launch party. So, I, I think uh, I think that uh, to me a running book is much more interesting than a traveling book. Was this a lot more <laughs> exciting for you to write? More interesting for you to write than the traveling books you've done? Well, the, the, they're two very different genres. Yes. The um, the travel guys, it was all research, and it was a lot of I mean, pound the pavement, pound the boardwalk. Um, a lot of research, a lot of nitty gritty. I had I had hired a couple college journals and students to help me with those, just to make sure that the phone numbers were correct and the websites and all that stuff. So it was like a lot of different magazine articles smashed together. Um, and I did two of those, and then I I didn't do the third because I was wanted to write what I kept calling the quote unquote big book, um, just something that would have a wider appeal um, and not be about one region. I love that region. That that. Jersey Shore is a big part of this book because the the race that runs over the entire narrative is the 2013 New Jersey Marathon, which is at the Jersey Shore. So I said, I don't want to write a Jersey Shore book. And this book ended up being about the Jersey Shore right. anyway. Um, but it was about my, my life, like this race that I ran. And, you know, I ran the 2013 New Jersey Marathon. Wasn't that long after Superstorm Sandy, um, which just wrecked a lot of the places that the, uh, the marathon went through to the point that the race director lost the first floor of his house. Wow. Um, and still put the race on. And I wrote a very, very long story that's appearing in Meter Magazine in April about that. It's 3,500 words about this guy um, who said the race, you know, he was four miles from his house living in a hotel and said the race is on. He didn't know how he was going to do it, but that's part of the story. And, and me coming to the race and, um, it had to be about the Jersey Shore somewhat, but it's, you know, not just about that. All right. So we're excited to have you in town here at the, the Fairfax store coming up, right? When, when is that event? Uh, April 5th. So I am coming to town to run 
Cherry Blossom for the fourth time. Nice. Um, and then I will be at the Pacers group run on uh, April 5th. So, so I will run, and then there will be beers and books <laughs> and me. I, I love it. So our, our, our listeners have, have a chance to meet you. Uh, and maybe they can they can get ask you questions of all the the gory details of the book uh, at the Fairfax <laughs> Pacers store on April fifth for that fun run. You're also going to be at at our New Jersey store as well for our New Jersey listeners, right? Yes, on April seventh, so it's Pacers week for me. That's right. I love <laughs> nice. it. You said your family was not allowed to ask you questions. Are our listeners allowed to ask you questions at the at the fun run? Oh, sure, of course. I mean, I was sort of joking about my family. Yeah. Um, a couple of weeks before the book came out, an excerpt ran in the New York Times. And, you know, a lot of people read it because it ran in the New York Times. I'm, I'm lucky that, that, you know, that they did that for me. And um, the day before, I had gone to Reading Terminal Market in Philadelphia cause I like to, to get my local shop on. And I had picked up the yogurt that my mom likes. And I'm deadbeat tired because I'm training for a marathon. And I'm running more than 50 miles a week when, when you run slow enough to only have, like, four things on your awards cart that takes a long time <laughs> right um and she called me and she wanted to talk about the excerpt and she said is that why you called me earlier because i left her message i said no i just wanted to give you your yogurt <laughs> <laughs> um she's like but i want to talk about this i'm like i just want to talk about when you're going to get your yogurt in a big container in my fridge um but we we ended up talking about it. she read the book in one sitting she read she said she read it in four hours wow. she, awesome. yeah so people can ask me questions i was just joking about my family yeah, you can ask me whatever I want, whatever you want about the book. If you read it, I'll sign it. I'll do a tap dance. Um, I'll talk about my other work that I do because I just had, you know, I write for the New York Times a lot now, more than I used to. Um, well, I was, I yeah, was just trying to, fun. I was just trying to paint you in a corner in case any of your family members showed up for the fun run. <laughs> yeah. I, I have, a, I have family in that area, but they will not be coming to the fun run. <laughs> All right, you talked about the New Jersey Marathon. Uh, you know, Pacers yeah. running is taking over the New Jersey Marathon, and uh, we're, we're, we're transitioning this year, so it's, it's going to be uh, sort of uh, 2017 will really be the first year where we'll be f- fully uh, involved and, and in charge. Uh, give us your review of the New Jersey Marathon. What do you think? So I've run five marathons, and it was my third. My first was Philadelphia. My second was Chicago. And there were some issues with both of them. Um, I love Chicago, but it was huge. Right. So I wanted to do something not huge. Um, and Philadelphia had the half and the full on a course that was not big enough for a half and a full. So in my humble opinion. Um, and I was writing a running column for the Philadelphia Inquirer. I wrote that for three years, so I've stated that opinion, so that's not a surprise to anybody. Um, so New Jersey was in the spring, which I like running in the winter. It's not hilly, and it's in one of the best places on earth, so how could I say no? Perfect. Um, and I I loved it. I It was a beautiful day. It wasn't too hot. It wasn't too cold. Um, and I'm really excited to come back this year Um not only to support the area, just because I really like the race. This is my first marathon that I'm doing twice, if that's any indication. So, Jen, let me ask you a question. If uh, after the marathon, um, (laughs) there's a finish line party... I know where you're going with this. Right. Yeah. Um, and there's there's changing stations, so you can finish the marathon, pick up your, your gear bag, and then change, but then you have to check your bag before you go into the finish line party. So, like, no bags in the finish line party from runners or spectators. What are your thoughts? <sighs> this is a very random question, but it's been debated on the show before, Jen. So, basically, you... You have to get your baggage, and then you have to recheck your bag to go into the finish festival. What are your thoughts? I understand that. The other thing about the 2013 marathon was it was it was weeks after Boston. That's true. So the the security was nuts because they didn't we didn't know like who knew you know remember the chaos after the Boston Marathon bombing, not understanding what was going on. Mm-hmm. You know, I, my mom dropped me off at the starting line of the race, and there's a helicopter overhead, bomb sniffing dogs. So. I would err on the side of the security. Um, the only thing I would say is that when I run this race, I won't be checking a bag probably because my dad's taking it. Right. So, uh, I don't know. I, at the end of, let me see, at the end of the, I don't want to talk about the end of the marathon because that gives away the end of the book. Right. Um, 
But Charlottesville, I ran that, and they had an after party. And I think we might have had to check bags, but then nobody actually checked them. Does that make sense? Oh, okay. Interesting. Or I just finished that late that nobody cared. (laughs) That was a bad race for me. I sometimes plan things and think it will be fine without re- without thinking of the repercussions after. You are you and uh, me are simpatico. <laughs> we are. I'm going to use so, that word again. Simpatico, right? right you have to come yeah. up with a so, new word, new word this week. Yeah, you're right. Good point. On May 1st, I'm going to run the marathon and try to break four hours, and then I have a book event. That's um, <laughs> that's, that's perfect. In Asbury Park on the boardwalk. So if you're running the event and you want to go out, you want to shower and then go eat some stuff that you wouldn't eat otherwise you can buy a book too it'll be um at the restaurant that's next to langosta lounge on the asbury park boardwalk i know exactly where that is that's right 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 near there should have looked it up that's no i know exactly the the place Uh, so if you buy a book you get a dollar off a beer if you wear your medal you get a dollar off a book okay wow good that's good deal for our listeners who are running the the New new jersey marathon all right, and I've, we made it at four because that'll give me time to shower, and then it'll be early enough that I can pass out at six o'clock. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> All right, I've got a couple few uh, quick questions here before we get you out of here. You have a dog. Do you run with your dog? I used to until we found out she had a heart murmur. Oh, okay. So uh, to give you an idea of where I'm standing in my office, which is in my house, I'm standing because I have a standing desk, even though I did a hard tempo run this morning and she'll probably be sitting. Um, no, standing desks are always the call. That's good. Well, my legs are sore. I got up at, I did uh, 11 miles this morning, nine at Marathon Case. My legs are like, huh. Right. Um, my dog is a 14-year-old Jack Russell Terrier. Okay. With pulmonary hypertension and two defective heart valves. Wow. <laughs> um, so you can't run. But she's, no, she can't run. But she walks a lot, and she's, she'll, like, run all over the furniture when you come in the house and that sort of thing. She is on her little spot in my office with her back to me because that's the way that it was best to lie in the fuzzy blanket. So, <laughs> so she's not she, running with she, you anymore. No, she used to. She would get. She would run for like two miles and get distracted by a squirrel. Um, but then when the doctor said she couldn't, so now her her primary jobs are to whip the salt off my legs <laughs> and to make me sit down and take naps when I'm trying training a lot because she wants to sleep on top of me. So she's very good at that. All right, so other quick-hitting questions here. What is the appropriate, for your Jack Russell Terrier, appropriate price of a dog wash? I pay $10 for every dog walk. Okay. Um, Emily, that's my dog's name. I don't wash her that much because I brush her, and it it, um, she gets dry skin. (laughs) I know this is a dog. All right, so... You don't wash her a lot, so you brush her. Anyway, uh, I would pay $15. $15. Good answer. Great answer. $15. <laughs> Listeners, that's the appropriate price. Uh, so you interviewed... Although, Go ahead. I will tell you, some people should pay to wash her because when you take her out of the shower and you dry her off, she goes into, like, as, as if it was a movie and you sped the speed of the film up. Mm-hmm. She runs around the house like a crazy person. <laughs> yeah, my dog used to do like that. Like and just like stop and pivot and then go in another direction to bury her head and stuff. It's very funny. So people should pay me to watch my dog. <laughs> All right. How disappointing was it that uh, you've done some work for running times? How disappointing was it that uh, running times folded? It's disappointing any time a good client folds. Um, I've been doing this a long time and, and lost a bunch of, you know, magazines and things that happened. Fortunately, the people who I worked with at running times have all gotten – you know, their roles have shifted into the runner's world, whatever they're doing now. Um, their elite coverage doesn't seem to be any worse. It right. seems to be great still, but anytime we lose a running magazine as somebody who writes about running, you know, that sucks. And I really liked my editor there, um, and I miss writing for her, but, you know, the beauty of social media is that you're never out of each other's sight. No, um, no doubt. Fortunately for me, ESPNW has started to assign me some pretty – pretty long and, and complicated and great running story. So from a business perspective, you know, that works well for me. But, you know, I, I really liked writing for Running Times. They let me write stuff that I don't think anybody else would have at the time. All right, my final question. Who was your favorite interview of a New Jersey Olympian? <laughs> you know there's like one answer, right? <laughs> okay, I'm just, I mean, I'm not trying to lead the witness. I'm just trying to ask you who your favorite interview was. <laughs> The- Byron Donahue, come on! Oh. 
<laughs> Aaron Donahue, and I'm sure Julie Cully was second. Oh, well, you know, I like Julie. I was I was thinking about Erin because I just saw her. Oh, of course, I like Julie. right? I don't no. want to. I know. I didn't Julie's even think a of Georgetown gal. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even think of. I didn't even think of Erin. Erin and I went to high school together. Oh, okay. So you're Wait, from you're, Haddonfield. You're from Haddonfield. Okay. I'm from. Well, I'm from Belmar, but I went to Haddonfield High School as a tuition student instead of going to Catholic school. Okay. Ah. So in Haddonfield, you can pay from if you're from another town, you can pay to go to the high school, much like I would have paid to go to Bishop Useless. That's only a joke that South Jersey's going to understand. <laughs> okay. Um, but Erin was a freshman when I was a senior, and she lives around the corner from my mother. So I see her all the time. And I wrote about her. She, I forget what race she won last summer, so I wrote about how she's going for the Olympics again. Right. And I, that's why it was in the forefront of my mind. I actually, I first interviewed Julie, and I did a big story for uh, Runner's World about the New Jersey New York Track Club. Right. And I ended up meeting, like, all of them at once. At a, at a restaurant near Rutgers, and I ended up buying dinner for all of them. I, I heard this story, yes. That, yeah. They, that, they uh, were thrilled. That was awesome. Expensive interview for yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> I said, no boots. Right. Um, and it was it was a weird deadline thing where I went to the Rutgers library right after that and wrote it and turned it in um, that night. But it's been interesting to see where the people who are at that table have ended up or are going. Um since I interviewed them. It's, it's been yeah. pretty cool. Well, uh, I asked you that question. I should have asked you your favorite Olympian you've interviewed who was an Olympic uh, athlete at 5,000 meters. Because I, I don't know. I, I'm actually, I'm married to Julie Culley, so I was trying to lead oh, the way. No! I, I was trying to, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it was, uh, it, you, you didn't answer. Your wedding the wedding pictures were lovely. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. But no, Aaron, Aaron, I, I, but- I I've met Erin a number of times, saw, too. She's great. I just saw Erin, and I just interviewed yeah, one of her, no, her I, teammates from high school, I from college. The question. I'm sorry. It's on me. I botched the question. Uh, no, that's cool. I'm well, sorry. Well, we're going to have a number of times to, to, to get to know and meet Jen Miller. She's going to be at the Fairfax Pacer Store April 5th. She's going to be at the Princeton Pacer Store April 7th. She'll be signing books after the New Jersey Marathon on May 1st. Uh, you can ask her about everything. She says, even her dead butt syndrome, maybe if you want to ask her about that. Uh, she, she sounds like she's open to all questions. <laughs> so she also has a blog, and you can go to jenamiller.com. It's jenamiller, A in the middle there, uh, .com to find her blog, and you can find her on Twitter by jenamiller as well. So a lot of ways to find and interact and talk to our, our guest here today. And, and to tell you that I talk about almost everything, forget the dead butt. I have a big story coming out so soon about peeing and running. So oh, that is fantastic. <laughs> I'm tackling all the, all the hard topics here. Hard-hitting topics. And, and when and where is that story coming out? Uh, it will be in the New York Times, but it does not have a date yet. Oh, awesome. Well, we look forward to that. Uh, we will let our listeners know when that comes out. Uh, it's at... Jen A. Miller again on on uh, on your website, and I'm sure you'll be promoting that when it comes out. Jen, it's been a really fun interview. Looking forward to meet you, meeting you in person here soon, and uh, and and seeing you at uh, the Pacer Store and at the the marathon on May first. All right, thank you guys so much. Sorry, Julie. <laughs> All right, that's Jen Jen Miller, author of Running Colon, a love story. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back after this on Pace the Nation. All right, welcome back to the program. Thanks again to Jen Miller for joining us. Jen A. Miller. Jen A. Miller. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's we should uh, call her Jen A. Miller because that's where you find her on the web, jenamiller.com. Her... uh, is that like Jen A? <laughs> no, but uh, I won't forget it now. Thank you for saying you for saying that. Uh, her, her Twitter you can see it here if you like. <laughs> her Twitter, of course, is by Jen A Miller. So you can follow her on Twitter. Uh, a fun, uh, interesting follow. I, I'm sure she just tweeted us too. So thank you, Jen. For, Very quick on the tweets. Yeah. yeah spoiler alert. Yeah. Spoiler to everybody who follows 
Jen that she will be on the program. You know, like Monday. on on The Walking Dead, uh, when they sign actors, they have to sign these. Now you know I don't know what you're talking about. It's just a yes. conversation for yeah. me and Joanna. Okay, sorry. And, like uh, a non-disclosure. Yeah, yeah. You sign a non-disclosure. We need to start doing that. Like on <laughs> on on. Uh, they can't start talking about being on the show until after it's released on Monday, uh, so that we could protect our our secrets. Right. I think it's, um, I think it's fine. I, actually, I like her promoting. That's, that's good. Start promoting, but keep promoting when it comes out on Monday. When you can actually get it, please mm-hmm. promote more. Well, I'm, I'm I'm just kidding. We don't have like these these uh, secretive story that's, arcs that's and true. stuff like this. You know, that's true. All right, of course, this podcast is sponsored by Pacers Running. Uh, Pacers Running with five area D.C. locations. Pacers Running is for every run. We also, of course, have a location in Princeton, New Jersey. If you check out our Run Pacers site, we're going to have some really cool, exciting content, including uh, a story on kids running. So that's the main page of our our site. So go and check that out. A lot of new kids' shoes uh, there at the uh, Navy Yard store Mm -hmm. where Joanne is the manager and uh, also in Fairfax. All right, guys. This week in the news, all the running news that's relevant to the hosts. I think this story is relevant to the hosts. Episode 25 guest, Matthew Sensuitz Jr., is your indoor world champion at 1500 meters. And that's the first time that that's happened in 108 years. Is that is is that first the, time Matthew Centrowitz Jr. has won the championship in 108 years? Yeah, he's been really yeah, going he's after been that. Shut out. Yeah, wow. that is that is awesome. It's the no. first time an American has won a gold medal in a distance event in 108 years. Indoors, I think it's just indoors. Yeah, oh, that's I, I would think so. Mm-hmm. That's that's exciting. Now the indoor didn't, didn't Billy Mills win a gold medal once? He did. Yeah. Okay. So just indoors. Okay. Well, the the indoor world championships. Oh, happen. but his was an Olympic gold. Yeah, maybe it's just a world. Maybe yeah. world. Right. Boy, this is this is. Should I should I fact check it? No, I, let's just ask uh, Chris Webb to to uh, tweet us and yeah, tell us what the, what the real story is. Royal listener Chris Webb was there to witness the mm-hmm. uh, the race that happened in Portland uh, on Sunday, and this World Championships happens every two years. So a lot of people are familiar with the Olympics, mm-hmm. but the World Champs we've talked about a number of times on the show. Uh, we had. You know, a couple of guests who were participants in the world championships, uh, including Carrie Gallagher and Well, she was a scratch. Not not in I'm saying in the outdoor world championships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and uh, you know, Molly Huddle. Julie Cully. Julie Cully, who was a former world championship participant, Matthew Sensuitz, uh, world championship participant. So those happen every two years indoors and they happen every two years outdoors. And now Matthew Sensuitz Jr. has a complete set of world championship medals that's that's mm-hmm. good because he's he's a bronze yeah. medalist a silver medalist and now a gold medalist and I, did he do that in order or did he go silver bronze gold so he went bronze silver gold mm-hmm. then yeah. what can he what's going to do next I, I don't know that's a good point <laughs> world record <laughs> what's the next thing world record at the olympics this uh, mm-hmm. summer but now that was very exciting he ran a very tactical race and as much of these much of these championships are very tactical. So he could run much faster, but he ran 344 to uh, win the world champs. And that bodes well for him as he moves on to the outdoor season into the Olympic trials and, and the Olympics, of course, in Rio this summer. And one of your UVA guys was fourth in that race. That's right. Rob, yeah. Robbie Andrews uh, was, was fourth. He's a former uh, UVA Cavalier. Yeah, but he didn't graduate. He ended up graduating. From UVA? Yeah, he did. He ended up graduating from UVA. And uh, he came from behind and ended up fourth place. Almost, you know, he was he was tracking down the third place guy, but just ran out of real estate. So that was a very exciting race uh, to, to see Matthew win that uh, that world championship. Rob, Robbie Andrews is actually, he's uh, like an 800-meter speed guy. He's, he's built for uh, these championship miles. He Where you just sit and kick, sit and kick. Absolutely, yeah, he's built for that. The, the, the problem, though, is in these championship miles, is that everybody is everybody's built like that, built to sit and kick. Well, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, and and maybe things can change, but I don't know that Robbie Andrews is actually like a true miler, right? Now, I, I think am I giving him bad bad? I, I actually think he's turning into a miler, but yeah, yeah he grew up as an eight hundred meter runner and definitely was. 
the NCAA champion at 800 meters when he was at Virginia, indoors and outdoor. And if you want to see a fun race, go Google Robbie Andrews running the anchor leg at Penn Relays. Is there a show that talks more about Virginia <laughs> track and field old school videos? No, there is that not. one is really good. That one is the Robbie really Andrews Penn Relays. Who did yeah. he walk down? I, I, somebody legit. I, I mean, we talked about Kevin McHale walking down uh, Galen Rupp. I'm not sure if he walked yeah. down Galen Rupp, but it was somebody legit. You somebody know? at Oregon, I believe. Yeah, probably Galen Rupp. <laughs> also in the news, Docs, you had a story for us. I have another world champion track and field athlete story. Um, Randall Cunningham, the greatest quarterback <laughs> ever from the NFL. So he was a Philadelphia Eagles? Eagle. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Right? What number? 12. Yes. I'm not okay. sure. I'm not yes. sure who was episode 12 on our show, but he was number 12. He was sure. number 12. Yeah. Uh his 18-year-old daughter won yeah. the world championship in the high jump. Now, what did she jump, Docs? She she jumped 6 feet 5 inches. And, wow. That's that's incredible. And how how old is she? She's 18 years old. She's the youngest female ever to capture a title at World Indoors. And she's going to go pro, right? I think so. Yeah, I believe that they said she's going to go pro. She's still in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's it's still got to go to prom. She's still got to go to prom, <laughs> and she's going pro, signing with Nike. Wow, that that is uh, a lot different than what I was doing my uh, spring of my senior year. Oh my lord! I would love to find out what your life <laughs> yeah. was like in spring of your senior year. It was. It wasn't signing with Nike. Anyway, I uh, Randall Cunningham was my favorite football player growing up, so I'm pretty yeah. excited to, no, that to was, about that. That was that was very exciting. And he actually is her coach, I believe. Yeah. Or agent, also, he's he's her coach. Both, yeah. Which is which is pretty pretty cool that you see him on the sidelines, giving her direction. So that was that was a, one one of the best stories coming out of. I didn't even know who she was, and then she goes out and wins the world championship. So that was one of the best stories out of this he, weekend's race. In the article that I read, he was also talking about how knowledgeable the 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 crowd was, where they were clapping and in you know when she's jumping and all that stuff, and he was comparing mm-hmm. it to uh, Seattle's twelfth man, uh, which <laughs> I, I think is pretty cool. That you know, pretty like cool. yeah. So that's in the news. All right, one more story uh, in the news here. I believe we might have touched on this, that Mark Zuckerberg, uh, the founder of Facebook, mm-hmm. was running a mile every day of 2016. How's that going for him? Well, do you know this story already? He claims to be doing doing extremely well, but uh, there was an article out there from uh, the Observer Business and Tech that uh, is sort of beginning to question whether the f- the fact of him actually running a mile every day or not. Uh, they say uh, this Facebook founder is running 365 miles this year every day, but is he really? Uh, he announced the resolution at the beginning of January where he'd do a year of running, and he promised he would periodically post about his progress, and he's done that. Mm-hmm. mostly by sharing pictures of him running. But one problem that they see is they all look posed. Uh, so this website and these authors are saying they don't believe that he's actually doing it. He's actually just posing the picture. Look. Looks like he's smiling, not sweating, no fatigue. He's, running he's only a running a mile. mile. Okay, okay. I'm just... Reporting the news. Okay, well, I also would like to point out to these people in this article that he is the founder of Facebook, so he's acutely aware that the pictures he's putting on Facebook are there for eternity. So I'm not surprised at all that they're posed, like probably professional photographer. It's not surprising to me. This author says, clearly Mr. Zuckerberg is just splashing some water on his shirt to make it appear that he's sweating, running for a few seconds to get a good photo, look, smile for the camera, look, and get it on Facebook. This author, Sage Lazaro, yes, uh, is a hater. Uh, well, I, and also, I'm just like, reporting who, the news. I, who fact checks this? Yeah, this is this is not a news story. This is this is an opinion story. <laughs> Uh, and this is this is a a negative opinion story. Well, you can zoom in on it. Yeah, this belongs in the op-ed section. <laughs> yeah, you can zoom in on Zuckerberg, and it doesn't look like he's running a mile to me, dude. Uh, it, like with some of the stuff that there's, it, it, it would be more effort for him to fake running a mile than to just go out and run a mile and take a picture. 
Yeah, that's, what that's does, more effort. What does he gain? What does the world gain from him lying about running a mile every day? Like, well, I think they would if people are are also engaging in his yep. his uh, thing. In which case, this guy. But if he encourages people to run a mile, even if he's not doing well, a mile himself, then I then it's heard, good. That's, yeah, that's, it's that's good. one of the instances but where a, you shouldn't well, call well, these people out. What I'm just suggesting it's a publicity stunt. That's all I'm suggesting. It's a publicity stunt. But if but if hey, I love him for it. I love the publicity that it's yeah. generating. So then, why did you make this a, a news story? Why are you bring this? <laughs> I just wanted to get your opinion on it. You know, yeah. I feel like I run the in the news segment, so I get to talk about what I want to talk about. Well, personally, it doesn't affect my life one way or another if Mark Zuckerberg is or isn't I don't, running a mile I'm every day. I'm not suggesting but, it would affect and your life. I don't life. think that it, it. I don't think it matters in the grand scheme of things if he is or he isn't. If it's a publicity stunt that gets people running, uh, I'm I happy, agree. and I, I don't care if he is or he isn't. If other people see that and then are inspired to run, job done. Agreed. Ag- I agree with you. I'm just making. The point that he might not be running a mile every single day, and there's others out there who think that he the only person he's hurting is himself. Yeah, well, <laughs> and our ratings. Well, I'm just throwing it out there. It's in the Observer Business and Tech. Looks like a, a legitimate uh, publication to me. He should run with a no, Garmin, this... and then we can just see. Yeah, yeah I, w- I would like that because you can't have you can't give that to your one of your many interns to go out and run a mile. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's true. You put quick holes in that doc. Uh-huh. Good point. All right, but uh, w- whether you guys think he's uh, faking or not faking, I'm just reporting the news. I thought uh, that was interesting. You're not reporting the news. You're reporting some donkey's <laughs> opinion. All right, I am somebody whose opinion who we shouldn't even talk about. I'm reporting somebody's opinion. Because they're a hater. <laughs> All right, well, that's y- good point. That is Sarge Lazaro's opinion. Mm-hmm. Sarge, he has an, an extra R in his name. <laughs> Sage Lazaro's opinion. <laughs> that's Sage Lazaro's opinion. All right, this week in Clarendon Construction, guys, we are still on track for the April 1st opening. We'll probably push it to April 2nd, if that's okay with you guys. Is that because um, you're afraid of the April Fool's jokes? That yeah, yeah, that's probably, that's a good reason, actually. Or is that the April Fool's joke? <laughs> no. And everybody will come in for the grand no. opening on April 2nd, no. and you'll be like, ha ha, it was yesterday. I think we're going to do a... Do not confuse everybody. I don't want to confuse everybody. A soft opening April 2nd. Mm, okay. so, so this week in Clarendon Construction, we've got floors now on the ground. So this Where is they very belong. exciting. On the, <laughs> on the ground. Well, they were stacked everywhere. Like the vinyl floors were stacked everywhere in the in the uh, construction site. So now they're on the ground where they belong. Why did the staff at Clarendon get a fruit basket? I'm very jealous. So... The management company went up into the uh, uh, the ceiling and and actually had a bucket of water. I'm not sure why they needed a bucket of water in the ceiling, but spilled the bucket of water all over the carpet in Clarendon. So they gave them a fruit basket. I mean, why else Was, would what else were, would they do? They were preparing for an April Fool's joke, and it, <laughs> and it sprang too early. Yeah, I I don't know, but that's a true story that they did spill. So the carpet's stained right now, but we got a fruit basket out of it. Yeah, an edible arrangement. I've been waiting my whole life for an edible arrangement. Yeah, it's it's. And I leave Clarendon, and then they get an edible arrangement. They're getting a sweet green. I mean, it's really tragic. But they're not getting a uh, shower. Yeah, but if I were still Clarendon, would there be a shower? Yes, there would be. Absolutely. I think there would, too, because it, uh, didn't you say before the last time that you're not making any decisions with the construction guy? It yes. sounds like you could easily convince them to build a shower. <laughs> right. But, like, guys, the shower goes here. We, yeah. we talked about this already. Yeah. Well, they, it, it, I'm glad you're bringing up the, the, the shower in the bathroom area. That's what the bucket of water in the ceiling was for. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the, we do have a really nice backsplash in the bathroom so the bathroom will be must see when it's done you, sh- you should advertise that we will advertise that so April 2nd Saturday April 2nd our soft opening for the Clarendon Pacers 3100 Clarendon Boulevard very exciting we are on track it looks awesome and the bathroom will be amazing amazing alright you had teased it earlier Joanna your roommate story. Oh, my roommate story, yeah. Yes, they're always exciting and interesting. Well, this isn't going to be that exciting. <laughs> okay, well, 
Um, so the other day, why then do something, embellish, make it exciting. No, I'm just going to tell us it is. All right, go ahead. Fine. So my roommate, Kate, who ran her first half marathon in Richmond, as we'll remember, um, she has taken a liking to running and I'm very excited about this. So if we'll remember, she really, really hated running before. And the other day I was uh, running home from work and I ran around the mall and then who do I see on the mall running, but my roommate. Wow. And it was such an exciting moment for me because, you know, I've been running for years and I feel like, uh, you know, I have a relationship with running that's that's grown and changed and like Kate is just beginning this journey and it's so exciting to me to see her fall in love with running and I'm just like really excited for her. Well, there is a lot of people running downtown these days. At the the cherry blossoms are full bloom, so it's a great time to be out running downtown. Do you think this will continue after the you know, the beautiful March cherry blossom bloom for her? Um, I think it will. Kate's already signed up for a whole okay, bunch of races. Good. Like there she'll probably actually race more than I will this year. All right. Yeah. Good. Impossible. Good. For, good for Kate. <laughs> All right. Well, that, I'm I'm happy to hear that Kate is is doing well and doing races. Um, Docs, we need to get an update on your training. You you the listeners need to know. You you are turning to me. Uh, so that we can go from one end of the spectrum <laughs> to the other end. No. Uh, I swear to God, my run yesterday was the worst run I've ever had in my life. I don't the know worst what happened. Run yeah, twenty three years on this earth. It mm-hmm. was the worst in, run in my twenty three years. I was yeah. a better runner before I could walk, <laughs> right? Than I was wow. yesterday. Why? Why uh, do you think that was? I don't know. Do you I, think it's the weather change? No. Um, well, I, I ran. I tried to run before work, so I like literally woke up and then put my shoes on and tried to go out the door. I don't know if I wasn't awake long enough. Maybe you're okay. hungry. I ate way too much the night before. I think that also might have had a, a something. Uh, that was why I didn't give up after five minutes. I was <laughs> like, because I, I, we, we had a, a company dinner the night before, and uh, I showed no restraint. And, and so then I was like, I am going to run until it's time to start the work day. All right. Well, It was terrible. And then I ran, I ran this afternoon, and uh, it took me – at least two miles before I felt like I was, uh, before I felt like I was actually running okay. again, which was, it was miserable and my pace was so slow. I don't know if I'm getting dead legs or what. All right. Well, Docs is you're going to power through it. You're running the yeah. Marine Corps Marathon uh, that, that uh, is coming up this fall, obviously. So I've got time. I also thought today I was, I was thinking that maybe I need to just press the reset button on all my PRs. Yeah, and, I think and that's then smart. whatever I do this, like whatever I run this this spring, will be a new PR for me. I think that's actually very smart. I would do that. I would recommend that for anybody who has been a former collegiate runner, like like Docs, and you know who is uh, back at running after you've had some time off. Who who does that apply to? <laughs> it's like you're talking specifically to me. Well. I am narrow casting here. Yeah. You need to press the reset button, yeah. Docs. I well, should be more direct. Yes, you do need to forget about anything you've run in the past and let's just start over. Do. I think that's what I'm going to do. I think All I'm right. going to have to do that. All right. Well, Docs training from Marine Corps. You've just finished, Joanna. You've just finished the uh, DC Rock and Roll Marathon. You just marathon. finished it? Well, you know, this it's been almost last, two weeks. Yeah, two <laughs> weeks. What's next on your agenda? Um, I will probably do the Parkway Classic. Okay, Parkway Classic, and I'm doing uh, Cherry Blossom this week. Um, so, uh, and then follow. I'll follow that up with uh, the Boston Marathon. So we'll have uh, a lot to talk about here uh, in the ne- uh, in the upcoming weeks. Races for Joanne and I and Docs. Um, hopefully, we can get better than the. It's worst not going to get worse. <laughs> the worst run of your life. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to my sister, Denise uh, Farley, who's a new listener to the program. What took so long, Denise? I know, seriously. Yeah. I mean, we've got family members from Joanna, family members from Docs who mm-hmm. listen to the program. I've got zero family members. Now I've got one. I've mm-hmm. got one. And uh, so Denise does. Poor uh, Carter. D- d- yeah, well, Carter. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Carter is. I was thinking like, you know, immediate brothers, sisters, parents, whatever. Yeah, good point. Carter, uh, no disrespect. Sorry. Uh, Poor Julie Cully. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It's the second time she's been dried out on this show. I know. Well, she she hardly (laughs) listens. But uh, Denise, welcome to the program. Uh, I'm glad that that you've joined us. 
Denise, welcome to the program. Like Doc said, what took you so long? Mm-hmm. Well, we're glad you're here. Yeah, thank Tell you. five friends. <laughs> exactly. Also, finally, I wanted to mention that go online to Run Washington and vote for the best of Run Washington. I have been politicking with Joanna's nemesis, Charlie, to oh. have the best podcast that is running related in the D.C. area as a category. So hopefully next year in 2017. <laughs> but uh, go vote on that. Uh, RunWashington.com. Uh, you can vote until March 31st. So you've got a couple days to go out and vote uh, the best of. And that's a, uh, you know, you've got the best races, the best race shirt, the best ch- chiropractor, the best PT in the area. So a lot of great categories. I hope you didn't just encourage people to start D.C. area running podcasts. <laughs> that's, that's that's true. Um, the reason he brought that up is because he wants you to vote for that us next year. Right. Not start that's a competing better podcast. No, no, that, that, it was full. Yeah, that was uh, a really selfish reason to bring up that. But, mm-hmm. but, Charlie, but go vote for uh, Charlie's best of. And convince him, email him, let him, let, ask him to uh, do best podcast in the D.C. area. When, when does the best running. of Washington close? So March 31st, best of, of 2016, Run Washington closes. And then we're going to have a uh, party uh, probably in June. A secret party. A party that Docs will be invited to this year. Yeah, I know. Charlie said that he liked my uh, fi- uh, flight club joke <laughs> yeah, and uh, told me that, that because of that, I'd be invited to the party this year. He sent me an email. Like Co- oh, yeah. did he? Yeah. yeah. No, no, he did. All right. A couple people like that flight club uh, joke. Yeah. Sorry for outing you, Charlie. All right. Great show, guys. Of course, you can uh, listen to our tweets of the week on our separate uh, Friday episode, the short episode. Mm-hmm. We'll cover all your tweets. Thanks for a lot of great interaction this weekend on uh, on Twitter at Pace the Nation. Uh, of course, thanks to our guest, Jen A. Miller. You can find her online for her blog. It's uh, jenamiller.com. She's also on Twitter uh, by Jen A. Miller, at by Jen A. Miller. Uh, really enjoyed our interview with her. Thank you guys for listening and Hopefully your brackets don't get busted uh, this weekend, Joanna. I'm hopeful. I, I'm really hopeful that your non-existent bracket yeah. doesn't get busted. That would be really disappointing that if her bracket gets busted two weekends in a row. <laughs> that would be. All right, that's William E. Docs for Joanna E. Russo. I'm Chris Farley. Go Virginia! We'll see you next week on Pace Nation. <laughs>